Hello, everyone. This is Theo from Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Theo, and Vincent. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to like and subscribe our YouTube page at Making It Make Sense ITV and listen out for new episodes every Friday. Follow us on Instagram and leave us a comment at Making It Make Sense ITV. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Theo, Vincent, and Danielle. Today, we're going to talk about the over-sexualization of Black LGBT folks. Mm. Uh, Very good topic Mm -hmm. and a very deep topic. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, um, first thing I want to acknowledge is I think that this conversation certainly has deep roots. You know, people always say, oh, why do we always bring up slavery? Because really, it's, the conversations like this is not about the, the over-sexualization of Black bodies extends back for centuries. Back then, yep. Yeah, yeah yep. At, for centuries. It's not just about slavery when when people were forced to mate like cattle and revered as cattle. But mm-hmm. it's also about the oppression that happened after, you know, the Jim Crow laws, the, you know, um, segregation, all of that stuff, uh, school-to-prison pipeline the over-policing of Black communities, and mass incarceration are all forms of the oppression, and all of that has some connotation. And if you don't believe me and you want to take issue with what the hell I'm saying right here, let me just say this to you. When's the last time that you clicked on a, a porn site and looked for a prison rape video or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and not maybe not looked for it, but saw it as, as part of the line. Mm-hmm. This whole uh, notion that, you know, men in, in jail gangbang and BBC with their BBC. BBC, I was about to say. Yeah, oh my God, right? Really? Like, Come on. Yeah. I don't even want to hear that. You know, oh, my Debbie. Christian ears are hurting me. I, I, <laughs> I'm the, the fetishization, though. Yeah. Well, you know, I learned about uh, when it comes to a lot of sex, I've always been very delayed and late to the party, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, like if you're flirting with me or if like you're trying to like because i'm very direct so mm-hmm. like I, that's always that's always missed me i've never realized oh, that i was God. being over sexualized or what folks thought about me and then when i when it hit me it's like a movie you start having a flashback and then all those things started coming back mm-hmm. to your mind because mm-hmm. i have a my background is um you know my uh, arab and latino ancestry but don't get it twisted. I'm very black. Um, <laughs> and, and I will always, encounter, they will always have these preconceived notions of the sex that I have or the kind of sex that I want to have. I was like, Oh, excuse me for being so blunt, but it'd be like, I've had men telling me, Oh, so that if you're black, if you're, you know, black and you're Latin and you're Arab, that means that you, you have stamina. Well, that means that you, ej- you know, you ejaculate mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, all these bizarre! I was like, "Whoa, you yeah. set the bar up way too high." Stereotypical, yeah, stereotypical. Uh, <laughs> the bar is set yeah. up too high. I am not a porn star. <laughs> okay, right? It's like, um, what do you think? Who do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when it comes to your black body, they expect you to be. You're still a person, man. Like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're expecting this porn star expectations of sex and sexualization mm-hmm. that. I later on, and now at 37, I'm like, this is intoxicating, and please get the fuck away from me. Yeah, when you tell me that um, Black women 
um, in this country who are um, giving birth to babies, there's a high uh, morbidity and mortality rate among them, uh, mm -hmm. black women who are who are pregnant, pregnant black women. That that's concerning to me. When you tell me that uh, Physicians Journal says that you know uh, they actually think that black women have a higher to pain tolerance than white women, mm -hmm. and so therefore they could keep uh, prohibit. You know they can reduce the amount of pain meds prescribed. That's something fucked up. And so uh, to me that says that there is an inextricable link between this notion of how a black body exists in this world mm -hmm. and, and 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 the oversexualization of black bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, compared to non-black bodies. And I'm not for this shit no more. I feel like liberation must come, has come, will continue to come as long as we keep talking about it. That's why this conversation is so dead. I feel like especially with when it comes to black men, like it, that's really whether it comes to heterosexual or, you know, homosexual or anything like that, or especially even black trans women, I feel like that's a whole other niche of fetish as well mm -hmm. like it's kind of it's kind of disturbing we really gotta people just gotta stop it's not mm -hmm. okay like to kind of you know you're you're trying to you're also reducing someone's value to just that yeah yeah, yeah the, i mean that whole notion of chicks with dicks um and 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 again the sex industry sex worker industry people who have had to engage in sex work because they could not get legitimate work or there were barriers in, in, in acquiring additional knowledge, skills, and abilities mm -hmm. because of them, their queer identity. You know, that's real. That's real as rain. And, and the people who pay, and I'm, I'm not going to say there, there aren't people who are out there who naturally want to engage in sex work. There are some. I know some. But I also know people, and myself are included, I've engaged in sex work. And... Mm -hmm. um, I was the most laziest motherfucking whore on the block. Damn, I'm like, damn. Because, because yeah. it, was, it was like, I mean, that's the oldest profession. And it's funny, but the thing about it is, it was when I didn't know I could do better and be better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We lost a lot of black bodies, queer black bodies. Female body. HIV, HIV AIDS. We lost a lot of mm -hmm. queer black trans men to uh, overdoses and mm -hmm. suicide. And that stuff is relentless for them. You know, these are legitimate issues for our community. And I'm not going to let anybody poo-poo them anymore. You said something about the um, over-sexualization like, uh, over of the female body. And even in medical journals, they described the black female body and saying how they won't feel a certain amount of pain. The, mm -hmm. I was actually reading something with my coworker because a patient had brought it up about the mother of, gyna, of the gynecolo, of gynecology, uh, which was a black woman that was experimented on mm -hmm. by this disgusting gynecologist, Jay Morin Sims. Where, excuse me? I, I thought it was a case in Baltimore. Go ahead, never mind. Oh, I don't know where it was, but where this woman, the reason that we have such great gynecology today is because this creep of a gynecologist um, experimented on this woman, gave her no anesthesia, gave her no pain medication, oh, and it, it was taking out her ovaries, was doing oh, this, was doing uh, the other, yeah. because in his twisted, disgusting white supremacist oh. mind, this black woman, she'll heal. She's like a wolverine. She'll heal quickly. She doesn't need this in comparison to the white body oh, and so God. on and so forth. And the reason that we have such great gynecology 
here in America is because of this disgusting perversion of a man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Henrietta Lack was the same thing, the woman in Baltimore. There we go. Uh, Where they violated the, herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and, and, the, and up until the present day, I mean, they were doing that just as recent as 10 years ago. They were using her cells to treat all kinds of diseases. Yeah. Sickle cell, no. cancer, and all that stuff. Yeah. The never, got sent, never, never got a dime for it. Never. The syphilis and the Tuskegee Airmen. Like, so black folks, and particularly black queer folks, have a lot to be suspicious of, have much to, to advocate for themselves and their personhood and their biology and their own physical health. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and to boot, we, we took a beating during the pandemic. I mean, a lot of people pointed out, I don't, I don't remember seeing a study that actually um, named why we took a beating, mm-hmm. but we took a beating during the pandemic. More of our people died more of our people contracted the virus. More of our people didn't want to take the COVID test, or, or I mean the, um, the uh, shot, yeah. the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so we took a beating. But it's because of the unnatural, we don't have that trust. That, But there's reason, like, not to have that distrust in, you know, the system that's clearly supposed to protect us. But, but here in America. The system that's an issue right now as far as, like, all right, so... Black men are still overly sexualized in the media, in movies, in like, you know, mm-hmm. in like so many different like fallacies of life. Like it's really, and that's the problem. It's like, it's, it's a continued perception of, oh, God, like there was that, that black guy. But it's here like, in America, know, don't you think? That's very an American way of thinking. Yeah. The over-sexualization of the black queer body is just like, like cut it out it's 2022 we should we should be so far ahead in our way of thinking like you know gay people are not just promiscuous gay people are not just sex workers gay people are not just these one-dimensional beings that they keep wanting to put us in they just want to keep us in that one-dimensional place and not give us the equity of of, like everybody else we are multi-layered we're not just one thing and think about even, I mean, you know, like for some people, like for me, when like just even coming, like when I first came out and everything, like, and the first, I remember my first group of like, of, of gay male friends, um, which did not go well, but um, uh, it was heavily based on the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't about a lot of it wasn't about like actual um, gay co- L- queer com- camaraderie is the word I was, I was looking for. It wasn't really about that. It, it was, it should have been, but it wasn't really about that. It was mm-hmm. very much like, I don't know. It was like, everyone was just like we were talking about. Everyone was just oversexed about everything. Mm-hmm. Like it was, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, oh, you like this person? Okay, well, I, sorry, I'm going to see how quickly I can get to them before you can. Everything mm-hmm. is about sex. Everything. Well, the thing about that is, you know, queer, uh, same gender loving or uh, homosexual, mm-hmm. people having sex with the same sex, you know, they model the behavior, even in young adulthood, they model the behavior of their cisgender counterparts. So, you know, the oversexualization of cisgender heterosexual black men is a real thing. The oversexualization of cisgender heterosexual women is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, uh, a, a fragile, vulnerable population like the LGBT youth of, of today m- mirror when they don't have healthy models. And this is why 
our conversations together are so important mm -hmm. and we're creating a legacy of advocacy for these folks um, because it's so important to prevent them for repeating these abusive models of what it means to be a queer black adult. And Danielle, I really, I really think that's a really good point that you brought up because there is a sense of accountability and ownership that comes from this because obviously there's several people within the community that that's how they represent themselves. It's right. not anyone necessarily sexualizing them, but they project that. Like that's how they want to be perceived. Um, you know, like black male here, like BBC, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really based <laughs> off of how I don't know. <laughs> you ain't never heard no black guy shaking. No, no, not me. I don't got a big black. Uh, I think it's small. You know, some people, some people perpetuate and perpetuate want stereotypes. That's true. They don't. They're, they're, yeah, of course. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're like, shit, I'm getting more at or whatever it may be for the reason of doing it. That's but, you know, and if that's what they want, that's one thing. It's, but having other people automatically assume and portray that every, all black men are like that. And but yeah, but what I call point. myself is different than what you are you, allowed to yes, call me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I've always seen the uh, seen things. So yeah. there, the, of yeah. course, there are going to be some um, LGBTQ plus folks out there that are promiscuous, that yeah. want to do sex work, that are the black queer folks that you know, they're all about BBC right. and all this shit. But that is their prerogative, and that is their right to do that. But when, when when the outside people of outside of the circle, outside of the community, want to project their isms on us and their toxicity, that is what makes it in, uh, in, incorrect and inappropriate yeah. and oppressive. And think about yeah. the way. Sorry, think about the way too. I mean, like you said, Theo, like just because someone else views you that way doesn't mean you view yourself that way. Yeah. And I'll say this, a lot of, and especially during the time when I was like, just me being single, um, there were a lot of instances where I really feel like it wasn't like, like it was blatantly like, I, I don't know if the perception was like, oh, okay, like this is not someone like talking about myself. Like, oh, okay, this is like a, like a single, like just you hook up with this person. You like, you know, there was wasn't very often times like for me, like the sense of, okay, like I'm going to be able to be, I, I'm I'm dateable, and not from everyone, from certain people that did not share the same, you know, pigmentation as me. Um, where it would just it would come off that way, and I'd go, okay, so oh, all right, I'm I'm just. I'm just like the little like have have fun guy like it's this is not like a oh have a relationship yeah. or, or things like that definitely that way because it was yeah. but I didn't view I didn't view myself that way and when I look back now it's now I can see like oh wow okay but also ownership I wasn't totally doing anything to to change that exactly mm. but at the yeah, same time but at the same time, because I think there was a, I'll call this out about myself too. I think internally there was like a little bit of that, that like, you know, little toxically masculine, like, okay, well, I need to sow as many oats as possible. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, okay, so you, do. you have to call it out <laughs> yourself. But also, again, like, it doesn't mean like internally it wasn't, there wasn't a level of that, that kind of, for me, it like decreased the confidence that I was capable of being in a relationship because it 
it just felt very like, okay, like this is again, this is someone you have fun with, not someone that you, and I, I didn't view myself that way again. Like I viewed myself as, okay, no, I, I'm, I'm the dating type, you know, but really that was not the perception. <laughs> and I had to yeah. take me a while to, to learn. That. I want to say something, but then I'm going to say it after you, Danielle. I know you wanted to say something. Well, oh, yeah. I just wanted to remark about uh, what Isaiah is talking about, because it's really important. Um, this notion of always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm-hmm. You know, this, fact, this notion that homosexuality is so unnatural, so unorthodox, that we're to normalcy. And I think that's the biggest thing we can give those young folks who are looking for affirmations and liberations is that there is a normalcy of my life. You know, I pay bills, I uh, own a car and own a mortgage, mm-hmm. I have mortgage. You know, there's this whole normal way of existing in the greater society. And mm-hmm. that is very organic and natural. So poo-poo to anybody who would say otherwise. It does become a, two, a, a double-edged sword. And I want to hurry up and get this point out of the way because I want Theo to remember his point. And I just want to say, I know that I'm always enjoying these conversations because I'm like, oh, 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 I'm trying to get in there because I'm like, yes. yeah, yes, get I know these conversations we're having. They're so liberating in the first yes. for me. So I appreciate you so much. The last thing I wanted to say about that whole matter was this double-edged sword as a professional educator. You know, how I, I would be lying if I didn't say that as a professional, I haven't thought about how I engage with young folks, how I engage with young adults who may even be 18, 19 at the, at the collegiate level, at the undergraduate level, mm-hmm. who are highly sexualized, whether they're uh, LGBTQIA or cis folks or hetero folks, um, and, and how I engage with them and you know, as a queer black trans woman, you know, that's the double-edged sword about this because we have been demonized throughout society as predators, and that is freaking not the case, obviously. Right. You know, I had I had this patient, it was a young and he kept some you know, sometimes I don't have the best of consultations. <laughs> um <laughs> Sometimes when you, you know, when you've seen your 30th patient and it's almost the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to give quality care, but you're also you're trying to wrap it up because, you know, a brother got to go home. <laughs> and uh, there was this patient that every time I saw him three times in less than six months and mm-hmm. he was positive for syphilis and he was getting a syphilis injection. And oh, for some reason, on the last time he came the third time, I was like, hey, you know, hey, let's say his name is Theo. Hey, Theo, like, you know, you know, this is the third time you're coming back in three to six months and you're positive for syphilis again. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then he just started spilling like he was waiting for someone to ask him that. Mm-hmm. And I think he was 19 or 20 years old. And he told me, like, you know, I'm having a lot of sex. And I said, you're 19 and you're 20. You're supposed to be doing having a lot of sex right now. Not, you know, not have a lot of sex when you're 80. And you can't do anything with it. <laughs> And, and then uh, he started laughing. And he said, but, you know, I don't want to have sex. I, you know, I want to have a boyfriend. I want to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everybody just thinks or the expectation is that I need to have sex. So this young man was putting himself at risk. He was going to sex parties. He was engaging in drugs in order to be able to have the sex that people expected him for him to have. Mm-hmm. So he was putting himself at all kinds of risk, therefore coming back positive for syphilis consistently and harming his body. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, you know, then you need to go find yourself a different tribe. 
Because if you want a relationship, if you don't want to be hypersexual, there is a tribe out there for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what the sad part about that is? Big Farm, I, I hear that conversation. And unless you're just for because of uh, on the grounds of amenity and, and confidentiality and hip and all that, mm-hmm. you're not mentioning HIV status. Big Farm has something to do with his notion of who he needs to be as a queer person because, you know, prep. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stand fucking prep. Ding, 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 ding. Because you're telling me he, he's popping syphilis, but he's not popping for HIV. So he must be on prep. And so this notion that young folks have about, oh, if I take my prep pill, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about right, anything. Else. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that motherfucker shit is toxic. I come from the generation, no, no, you put two condoms on if you have to, motherfucker. <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? That's alarming to me. And yeah. it's alarming to me that big pharmaceutical companies, big pharmaceutical companies that make millions of dollars, trillions of dollars each year, are not having conversations with our young folks. And then some of our colleagues, some of our contemporaries, some of the people who are our age, are making money off of prep, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it pisses me off. No, but you know, it's funny you said that. He did not take my advice. And unfortunately, the, the, the pressure of everything, he still continued in a behavior. And when he came back to me at the end of the year, he was positive for HIV. Oh. Because, because he refused to take PrEP because he doesn't know what the PrEP will do to your body long term. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what these people are giving it out for. Because here in New York, PrEP, they give you basically PrEP for free. And you just you get a, a stipend mm-hmm. or a voucher and you get it for free. Mm-hmm. And he came back positive. Now he was positive with a history of syphilis and in this perpetual toxic cycle mm-hmm. of what it is that it was expected of him because he was a queer black man. Yeah. And he, same thing uh, for same thing mm-hmm. for queer uh, brown and black uh, trans women in, hey, in, in in New York sure. City with syphilis. So sure. here we are. They want they want the full buttocks, the round full tips of a woman. And so to pass, they were getting silicone injections in. And there was this study, this study that looked at, they were like, well, why are these women coming in? And they ha- and, and some of them are men, mm-hmm. but effeminate men. Why are they dying from syphilis? A perfectly treatable, curable, diagnosable disease. I mean, they're on the verge of, some of them are, are on the verge of death because of syphilis. Well, they were getting the shots. They were getting testing positive for syphilis. They would get the shots, but they would not disclose. And this is why nuances matter. They would not disclose that they had silicone. So the, the the shot for syphilis was being injected into the silicone that exists in their body. Oh, and man. a very simple thing was killing a whole lot of yep. people because people weren't talking about it. Oh, wow. You gotta talk about this shit. But again, it's like then feeling the need to. It's one thing if, like, you know, you want to modify your body mm-hmm. because you want to modify your body for yourself to. That's how you be yourself, like your mind. That's what you mm-hmm. want. And that's what for you to feel secure. Yeah, it's legitimate. Some trans people have gender dysphoria. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, sometimes people get some of these things done to go ahead and fit into that, you know, you know what I mean? Like kind of fit into that expectation or live up to that expectation of being hypersexualized. So it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of a really sad. Like the get the buttocks, get the chin, get the, the lips, get the chin. Get the BBL, get the BBL. Mm. Because well, there's there's all these bizarre like here in New York, people I, I, I I'm still surprised I'm I I I you know I survived because they have these bizarre mm-hmm. expectations of what it is that you of what 
gay or queer mm-hmm. or trans mm-hmm. looks like. I pe- There's folks that I went to school with that they were getting, um, I don't know what the procedure was that were male presenting, but mm-hmm. they just wanted to look a little bit more feminine in the face. So they were putting injectables in their face. Oh. That's, a, that's, yeah. that's called um, industrial grade silicone. Now, I want to say something that's really important. I probably should say it more often in mm-hmm. this space. You know, I, I eschew when one person speaks for an entire community. I really hate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so although I am probably, I mean, I'm, I, to my knowledge, I'm the only trans person. I'm not saying that because I don't know that these gentlemen are cis, mm-hmm. um, cis gentlemen. I'm just saying I try not to assume people's gender. But I want to mm-hmm. just say that I, just because I'm the only trans person in this in this space, I'm always learning along with my community, that's and true. I want that's, that's very true. important for me to say because the other commitment I have towards my community and and, and the larger community LGBTQIA community is this that I know that I have to tell my story so that some people we've said this also that others don't have to go through this the young folks who come in behind us don't have to go through that you know today we don't i mean today new york city and new jersey and and washington dc cover facial feminization in the medicaid law i mean we fall mm-hmm. for that and that makes a world of a difference for a person living in especially when we talk about health outcomes when we talk about employment uh and, and being able to be employed and gainfully employed, mm-hmm. it makes a world of a difference for a person to pass. You know, I have trans sisters who are seven foot two and they look like Amazons mm-hmm. because they have undergone facial feminization. They've undergone, you know, mm-hmm. um, all of these um, gender confirmation surgeries. So even if somebody acknowledges them as transgender, they don't, they don't lose their life because of it. Mm-hmm. So that's important. I, I love when you say that, Theo. I really love when you say uh, when you talk about your experiences and surviving and how real that was for you. Because mm-hmm. it was for me too. Yeah, but I, you know, when I said there are people who using, you know, it is important to, well, how, do you, how do you say that? To separate those who are doing it because it's trendy and those are doing it because it's something that they have to do to be their true authentic self. Mm-hmm. Well, the the thing about it, the, the trouble with that is you can't go around policing who's doing it for the right reasons, if you will. Well, of course like not. Yeah. But no, 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 no. But that, but, yeah. but that's the but that I'm, I'm saying there's those this but this us speaking about it in the same way of those who are being influenced sex work, and then there are those who actually need to do sex work or want to do sex work. And mm-hmm. when it comes to altering your body, there's those who want to alter their body because they want to be their true authentic self. And then there are those who are just doing things to be trendy. And, th- and those who are being trendy yeah. are the ones that they're paying attention to and saying, you see, this is why people can't take trans people or gay people serious mm-hmm. because look, he's doing it for a trend. That means I want to share a true story really quickly about sex work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and this wasn't actually an outcome of sex work. I've shared openly that I, I was a sex worker um, reluctantly in my life. But mm-hmm. also, and I really just to keep a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get what you have to do. But, but mm-hmm. also, I want to talk about you know being in an abusive relationship a little bit, but and how that correlates. I made a porno with with one of my boyfriends. Mm-hmm. We were we were together for about we were a number of years, and that porno was leaked to X Hamster, and I didn't think nothing of it when I was about thirty two. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got to thirty seven, I was um, I was working on my master's of education uh, when I was. 38. It happened when I was 38. And I was substitute teaching here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And the little boy in my class, he kept wanting to, he want, 
kept wanting to get hugs from me. And when he when he would hug me, his little his manhood would rise. And oh, so he was oh, he was you know it was just it, it happens it really yeah, happens. Yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, as an educator, you have classroom management for teachers, and you actually kind of talk about this like like it's natural part of the profession. Right. So I send an email now. Now you don't send notes home. You send just send the email to the parents. They mm-hmm. have an email. And um, I sent the email and, I, you know, can you talk to little Johnny about this? Da, da, da. And the, uh, the parents, I was long-term, the, the lady was out, she was out on maternity leave and I was long-term substitute. Mm-hmm. And the father came up, handsome looking black guy. He goes, uh, for student, te- uh, par- parent teacher conference. And he goes, I know you. And I'm like, I don't think you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm from Jersey, but mm-hmm. I've lived in Jersey a long time. Da, da, da. No, no, I know you. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I said, okay, you know me. We're fine. So about two days later, I get an email back from him. And he sends me this link of me giving head to my ex-boyfriend. Oh my God. And he says to me, and he says to me, don't worry. Your secret is safe with me. But I knew I knew you. So, you know, uh, just be careful. What in the name AK, of AK, what are we, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> the, 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 that was my best work. I mean, the ratings were, the thumbs up were all time. Oh, my God. My best work. <laughs> but the audacity to send you the link. Like, I'm here for our, I knew actually, I did. Actually, and then I have, I've had girlfriends I've known for 20 years just happen upon it for whatever reason. Because mm-hmm. it's something like BBW training or something. Mm-hmm. And so um, they, they're like, Danielle, did you ever? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Like oh okay, yeah yeah it happened. But, but for him to send you the like I, yes I know I did it Negro I, I don't need and, to send it about the I didn't I really didn't think it was out there like that I mean yeah, I, yeah. I certainly wouldn't have thought you would have sent it but right. I mean my heart skipped a couple beats because I thought I was a goner for sure as far as my job was going wow. yeah. Now he was uh hope you're like, all right, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> oh my god. Quank, quank. Quank, quank. Again, it was my best work ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. No, you know, I think I think that it's important and kind of going back to what Danielle said too, like it is important to speak about the way that you actually want to be viewed and that you feel about internally versus the way that people think we are, you know, I think, you know, there's definitely, and I'll I'll speak to this as well. There is definitely some unattainable um, expectations, I think, um, sexually for, for us melanated people. Um, where I think that there's this view and there's this idea that like you were saying to your point, Theo, like, you know, oh, okay. Oh, you, this is the type of, this is the type of intercourse or this is the type of coitus that you think I enjoy or, oh, so you just assume that is what I like to do or that's what I enjoy doing. That's what you Negroes like. Right. And it's, <laughs> and it's and honestly, and it's, it's frustrating. And it also <laughs> made, it's frustrating and it makes and it's, me, and it's hurtful. And, and it's hurtful, hurtful because, because it's when like, I heard that young man articulate to Theo was, I mm. want to be in a committed relationship. And I wanted that when I came out yeah. and I didn't know I was trans, but when I came out as gay, I, I always wanted to be in a, I never wanted to just creep around. Yeah. It's hurtful. But you're a hypersexual, you know, but, Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in that you end up, I think too, like because you assume that's the expectation. That's what 
people are kind of asking for from you in that sense that you start to feel like, oh, okay, this, this is what I seek out. Because there was also a period, you know, before I met my husband where I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like, well, I don't, I don't, I, I think I had gotten to a headspace where I went, okay, well, I don't need love or that type of love, at least romantic love or relationship because the devil's a liar but right like i said okay i don't need those things because that's clearly not doesn't seem to be available to me and that's clearly not what people want from me sean said hold my bear (laughs) (laughs) but i think i i then must have somehow like i i internalized that and i went okay well if this isn't something that's available to me, then I don't need it. And you stop, um, stop looking for it and just start accepting right. people's approach to me as a, more of an object. And Absolutely. Yeah, and I said, and that's where I kind of like likened myself to go, okay, so the love that I will receive is the platonic type of love and that's okay. And um, and once, I don't know, then, then there was... You can't always, you know, you can't help the, the little pesky little feelings. So obviously there would be times like over that period of or course of time or period of time where, you know, I would, oh, okay, I kind of like this person a little more than that. But that's not available to me. So I need to just kind of like stifle that, which oh. let me just tell you is that does not, that does not lend itself well to development in, in, the space of your life that teaches you how to, you know, have romance and things like that. Um, and then I was just so lucky as to, you know, as to meet, you know, the love of my life, to meet my husband. So it's, you know, like it's. Oh, I really do love that for you. Thank you. Really yeah. Cool. It's, it, you learn. There we go. I get more gay shit. You know, and I have to say, I think I, I'm in, I've continued to enjoy these conversations. I have to say, we are, we have pretty privileged, all of us here. I mean, I've seen all of my um, co hosts here, and they're all very handsome men. And um, I I want to say about that. And so I anticipate, even from this conversation, that people will go seek us out. Look, if you're looking to. Before we. Yeah, disclaimer. Don't be looking for our girls' video now. Don't be doing that. But beyond that, if you're looking to connect with us on YouTube and hopefully in the future, TikTok, look for us at Making It Make Sense IJTV. Is it JTV or just ITV? It's JTV. I know it's JTV. Or ITV. Oh, ITV. Yeah. And it's always a pleasure speaking with Theo Vincent. Isaiah and yours truly, Danielle. I appreciate y'all. We appreciate, appreciate you, too, boo. And thank you all for joining and listening to this. Till next time. Till next time. And don't forget, gay, 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 gay. Until Until gay, is good. <laughs> gay is good. Gay by God. Gay be for God. I'm more ears, 
so what you got to say? I hope you're bubbling it, baby. Now bubbling it my way, let it rain. Ain't no sort up in the game. Still want you to say, ain't a thing changed. Instead of knocking boots, we be kicking down Gore-Tex. Except it ain't raw sex, roughnecks. Throw your hands in the air. Let me hear you say, oh yeah. Trust you me, I blow up shop. About to blow the roof right off of hip hop. I rock the party that rocks the body. From VAA and I be smoking hay all day in the barn. Damn it, darn. Uh, Puff Daddy be my pal when I hee hee I took your number one spot. I jump, skip, then I hop. I'm so hot, so you can't forget me. Not to the yes, yes, y'all. I'ma take a pause, cause I be feeling myself like I was T ball. That's me, complicated rap star, meet like the MC. You see, I'm on to your baby and your mechanism. How you hit it when you're in it so hot, you keep it sizzling, no ooh, I, ooh, and all of that too. Keep me wetted in the waters of Kalamazoo. Who you come in with when your posse at? I'll leave the boys alone, tell her you won't be back. I got the cheese, baby, my cheddar's better. I got that milk, for that I'm a redder. Trust you, me, I blow up shop. Have a little nick calling the cops, watch. I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body. I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body. I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body, body, body. I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body. I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body. That rocks the body. 